Hello there. You're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. And I'm your host, Connor Beckett. There are few things more human than the desire to be desired, a theme that's at the center of indie songwriter Charlotte Rose Benjamin's LP, Dream Tina. The record, which explores the occupational hazards of romantic engagements, charts infatuation in terms that give its central theme the requisite space, while never feeling too somber or overly serious. Benjamin cites Courtney Barnett and Liz Fair as songwriting influences, which bleed into her craft at the necessary moments to make for an album that's even-handed in its approach to dating around NYC. On this episode, I spoke with Charlotte about the themes at play on Dream Tina and the stories that informed its 10 tracks, which include sitting in the parking lot of a Cumberland Farms, feeling lonely at the party, and what it's like to see your ex show up to a show that you're playing. And as is par for the course, Charlotte was kind enough to regale us with some acoustic cuts from the release. Take a listen. Everybody went up to the roof and you asked me for a cigarette. Strange that you wanted one, cause it's a habit that you said you always wish I would forget. We spend most of the night in separate conversations. I stay so aware of where I'm standing in relation. To you and all your friends, can't wait for them to watch my band. They'll ask you what the hell you do and making other plans. I hope you're satisfied. I hope you're doing fine. I hope you wanna die every time I look through. So you're someone who performs under three names. I have been known to go by three names, Connor Beckett McInerney in a professional context. Uh, as just an initial question I want to ask, do you get shit about it being pretentious from people? Because I'm getting a lot of shit about it being pretentious. I'm not saying it's pretentious, but I'm just saying people are coming for my neck. Whoa. I've never, no one's ever said that to me. No one's ever said that to me? Uh-uh. Uh, but people don't, people think it's like fake. They think it's fake? Yeah. No, like, but it's not, is it like a middle name or is it like it's a high, middle name? It's a middle name. I didn't okay. start using my middle name until like I started putting out music I just I was Charlotte Benjamin mm-hmm. for a long time and then now people know me as Charlotte Rose Benjamin which yeah. is cool I like it better yeah I mean it's like you, you got this great additional name in here that everyone just sort of omits they're like oh you can use it if you want I'm like no say the middle name yeah yeah it's like Sarah Jessica Parker I said yeah. the other day that I was like the Sarah Jessica Parker of indie rock which <laughs> I'm, I'm like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna strive for that I yeah. like that that's a good uh that's a good way of billing yourself <laughs> I will say externally like <laughs> she's been called the Sarah Jessica Parker of indie she's rock. been called she's that like, by herself <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to initially talk about the title of this record, Dream Tina. Can you provide some context as to what a Tina is and specifically what a Dream Tina is in the context of this release? Yes. So um, one of my best friends, who is my neighbor, um, is a straight man. And <laughs> he um, he had this thing like years ago before I ever even knew him with like this other friend of his um, where they would like like cute neighborhood girls they would refer to as tinas Mm -hmm. and like like the cute girl that worked at the coffee shop was coffee shop tina and like um like one that i really liked was blt was bike lane tina so like a girl riding by on her bike was blt and then he just told me about another one where like if a girl was like twisting her hair when they were talking it was twisty tina Tina. yeah they just like made up like cute names for all the girls that they thought were cute and then Dream Tina obviously meant Dream Girl. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, he just told me about it. And then like if he would like had a crush on someone, he'd be like, oh, she's Dream Tina. And it just stuck with me. I thought it was really cute. And then also just kind of like this thing that I 
just always like I was like god I would love to be that for someone I want to be like dream Tina to someone so yeah and I and the the album is a lot about my navigating my identity through romantic relationships so it felt like a fitting title for the album as a whole right you said that you know like this record's concept is kind of a study on wanting to be desirable yeah and you know of not feeling like the cool girl at yeah. the party um and i think that gets to the core of something that's you know very universal and very human is this desire to be desired so i guess my question is do you feel like from an almost exposure therapy perspective that self-doubt is like a little bit less present in your mind after working through these songs or do you feel like it's still like very much as present as it was before you started uh working on this record that's a really good question um yeah I weirdly feel like I don't know and like this is probably all in my head but I've been boy crazy my whole life just like obsessed with boys and like always choosing people who didn't want me because I don't know. I think that's like common. Like it's just like it's a challenge or something like it just feels more like you're reaching for something you can't have. Um, And lately, since I put the album out, I'm like not thinking about boys at all. I feel like I'm like I'm like honestly like swatting people away like flies like I'm just not interested. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that could have something to do with it. I think week of the album release, I definitely like my confidence was super low and I was really stressed. But now I'm like leveling out and I'm feeling a lot better. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, it sounds like a, like a double-bladed sword or sorry, two-edged sword. Is that, is that the correct term? Double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. <laughs> I was like almost there. I want to yeah, say it's no, kind of I a double, a double-edged sword, but I guess that's like, you know, just in general, we all go back, we all go through these phases where it's like, oh, I'm actually the shit. Yeah. And, and then there's other times when you're like, I, I'm, I'm shit. I'm like, never in a healthy, I'm never in the middle. It's like yeah. one or the other. It's got to be I'm always in like a other. polar opposite end of my confidence is like, shh, yeah, exactly. Well, to pivot away from the thesis of the record and shifting towards the first track you're going to perform on this pod, let's talk about the Massachusetts-born convenience store Cumberland Farms, aka Cumbies. Uh, now, from my own experience, I can attest that the parking lot of a convenience store is in many ways a liminal space. It's like good for like doing a thousand yard stare and like really kind of detaching from reality, mm. albeit momentarily as you drink iced coffee. That's just, you know, speaking from experience here. Um, I guess the closest approximation that I've had in my own life has been going to Wawa, which we were talking about before is similar to Cumberland right. Farms. Yeah. So I guess my first question about uh, Cumbies is, uh, you know, what what are you getting when you pull up? Like what's, uh, what, what, are you, what are you getting at the Cumbies? Um, I don't, it's been so long since I've even been to a Cumbies. Yeah. Because that to me, I wrote that song about like my experience in high school growing up in Massachusetts and Cumbies was, I mean, it was where we would like get snacks when we were stoned, like driving mm-hmm. around in the car. But it was also just like it, the Cumbies on Martha's Vineyard is like really central um, on the island. And it it just it was like a it was like a meeting spot for like sexual rendezvous and like drug deals and like all the drama kind of happened in the Cumbies parking lot. Meet, meet me at the Cumbies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It felt um, yeah, it just it felt like a good setting for a song or yeah. a story. Well, before we uh, listen to you play Cumbies parking lot, can you just tell us a little bit more about the story that's going on in this song and you know what specifically is going on in your track? 
and if possible, just provide a little bit of context to this one lyric that I thought was kind of interesting. If you want monogamy, marry a penguin, or walk across the street, he said, to Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, um, that I stole from a movie called Heartburn that was written by Nora Ephron about her divorce. Um, she, like, it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. She, um, her husband has an affair, and she, like, writes this, like, really like catty but like delicious like just like drama gossip filled like novel about it that's like some like names and details are changed but it's about her life um and it's she has a conversation with her father in the book and he said that he said like if you want monogamy i think he said marry a swan Mm -hmm. but i thought that was so good and i'm like why don't people say that all the time it's such a good because penguins are monogamous yes um yeah so that's where that came from and then like 7-eleven i don't know there wasn't a 7-eleven on martha's vineyard i don't think but just imagining that like if you're monogamous i don't know i guess it was like if you're monogamous to cumbies then like you're cheating on cumbies with 7-eleven or something like that i'm sitting in the cumbies parking lot and i'm skeptical of love I wanna separate my brain from my body I want you to let me use you like a drug If you want monogamy, marry a penguin Or walk across the street, he said to 7-Eleven He don't wanna talk about my delusions Left me all alone to join the new revolution
And we're back. Charlotte Rose Benjamin performing Cumbie's Parking Lot acoustically right here on Local Bops. As a non sequitur, I wanted to ask about another lyric that highlights your taste in spirits from this record. I like Martini's Dirty and Tequila Dry. It made me think about a possible promotional drink for the record, the Dream Tina Teeny. Uh, which I was just, I don't know. This is where my brain goes whenever I hear any sort of like alliterative like possibility. Um, Wait, that's, do you know that that's a real thing already? The Dream Tina Teeny. No, I don't. Dream Teeny. Dream Teeny. We made, that's so crazy that you said that because I also thought of that same idea and I had it, they had like custom drinks in my release show and they were Dream Teenies. Okay, so then that kind of answers the question or just provide a little bit more context. <laughs> what's what, in it? Is yeah, what's, what what's in Wait, the Dream Teeny? can I find it out? Because I have the, um, I have a picture of it, of the, of what's actually in it. Man. Great. That's amazing. That Great minds that think alike. Um, wait, let me find it. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I think it's important we get it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. No, totally, totally. totally, yeah, totally. There's no rush here. Oh, okay, ready? Yeah. Wait, I don't know how to say this. Shambord? 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 Let me see. Shambord. We gotta get a visual on that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a no from my producer at present. Oh damn! I was trying to pawn off responsibility. No, I, uh, sh- uh, let's just go Shambord. Yeah, Shambord, uh, blueberry vodka, simple syrup, and lime juice. How was it? Delicious. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I don't like love um, all cocktails, but I loved the Dream Teenies. Mm-hmm. Someone I, I wish I knew the bartender's name. It was whoever was bartending that night. at baby's all right. Hmm. I guess the alternative to a dream teeny would be an espresso martini, you know? Yeah. Either fall asleep or wake up. You right. Know? Yeah. How do you feel about espresso martinis? I like them. I've only had like one. Yeah. It's not, it's not my favorite. Um, I like really sweet or like salty. I like like Bloody Marys are my favorite mm. or like anything with like olive juice. That's why I like my martinis dirty. Yeah. There you go. Um, so you're Brooklyn based, mm-hmm. uh, but you've spent a considerable amount of time on Martha's Vineyard where you're from. Um, I feel like that resonated on this record because lyrically it feels very Brooklyn in terms of what we're contending with thematically, but instrumentally, there's something about this album that has like very strong, uh, beachy kind of Cape Cod energy. And I just wanted to ask if you felt like spending time in both of those places influenced your craft and the creation of this record in particular. Yeah. Um, I feel like I grew up in Martha's Vineyard and, and my dad, um, is, a professional musician he does a lot of like wedding band stuff hmm. now he's also like a great songwriter and he's put two albums out um but i was very like as a as a tween even from when i was like 11 on like involved in the martha's vineyard music scene mm-hmm. um which is great and i i'm so lucky that i had that upbringing i had so many opportunities to perform um but i really like once i turned 18 and moved out of Martha's Vineyard I wanted to separate myself as much as possible from that scene and just like being like someone's daughter on this like tiny island right um so yeah I mean I I think that like you're definitely going to be influenced by especially like at that age like middle school through high school I think is going to like define your music taste and and your like artistry for the rest of your life probably um so yeah so i'm sure that's all there and it's definitely like that's kind of the, it's very like folksy like james taylor like that's all martha's vineyard mm-hmm. so yeah there's definitely and i'm i like i only really know how to play acoustic guitar so like that's always going to be like the kind of like baseline like 
of how I write all the songs. Right, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, James Taylor, I can feel like is definitely like heard as like one of the influences, I think. And just yeah. in ter- and, like instrumentally in particular, For because sure. there is kind of this sauntering, um, acoustically driven like quality to a lot of the music that we hear on Dream Tina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then we recorded, like, half the album at my dad's house at Martha's Vineyard. So, oh, fun. Yeah, so, like, if, yeah, I'm sure we were influenced by it in that way, too. Just, like, like some of the songs, like, Gracie, we, we recorded it um, in the summertime on, like, the porch outside. Oh, so that's So we were, fun. like, looking at it. It was a beautiful time, yeah. Yeah. Did he did he ever want to hop in at any point, like, yeah. on the record? <laughs> okay, okay, there you go. Yeah, I, I feel like I didn't even have to ask that question. So you, you kind of... No, he gave us... He, he got it, though. He, like, helped us with stuff and helped us set up and then, like, also gave us our space yeah that's uh that's what a good dad does, yeah you know? he's a good dad <laughs> sounds like sounds like a great dad so i feel like your influences ring true in a lot of the somewhat unflinching and sometimes tongue-in-cheek lyricism that we hear on this album you cited liz fair and courtney barnett as influences and your listening habits also include taylor swift to my knowledge which uh they do for anybody who has excellent taste um there were <laughs> it just seemed kind of important to me there were well there were two examples that i wanted to talk about these are lyrics that i've been turning over a bit you know in the week leading up to this interview uh the one is i'd slit my own throat just to leave an impression from louis and does your girlfriend want to stay the night does she like it when you touch her touch her thigh does she know i'd let you absolutely ruin my (laughs) life um from slot machine so it seems important to me that you added this sort of like occasionally self-derisive quality to the songwriting on this. And I I was just wondering if that was like, you know, sort of an intentional reaction against like some of the heavier qualities on the record or if it just sort of came naturally, if you were like more naturally like a self-effacing person is my question. Yeah, I think that's the latter, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm always gravitating towards lyrics that I think are funny because Mm -hmm. I like that in songwriting. I like that in songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I ever have like a funny thought like that and my thoughts are kind of always filled with like self-effacing things about myself as I think everyone's are um, I just I write it down and then I'll I'll put in a song later got it yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like Liz Fair is like really well known for that in particular yeah. and it's like the and, like the best at it yeah the goat the like best the, absolute yeah. best songwriter yeah. of all time maybe yeah no definitely up there <laughs> I mean yeah I feel like um, <laughs> this is like just like just to get off topic for a second, like Exile and Guyville, like, you know, just like yeah. the first time you listen to that, like really, at least for me, like transformed, like the way in which I could consider so- like witty, interesting songwriting and funny songwriting could yeah. be done essentially. Right, right. And it's so like unpretentious and simple. Like mm-hmm. everything about her music is just like she makes it look so easy. It seems so like obvious, mm-hmm. but it, and then I, I think that's why it's so good. Yeah. It's like, it's she's not, not trying. She's not yeah, like reaching exactly. for anything. She's just like, it feels so um, natural to her. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's what we should all strive to listen to. And I guess like just as artists, like I think there's something to be commended about that sort of naturalistic approach to songwriting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like if you're not like writing with like the real voice that's in your head, then you're trying to be something else. Like mm-hmm. I think we should all be trying. To, I don't know what we should all be. I'm not going to tell everyone what we should all be doing. No, but... we're going to tell everyone what's doing <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. But that's what I try to do at least. Yeah. Well, let's turn our attention towards the next track, which we just mentioned a lyric from Slot Machine. Tell us a little bit about this track before we uh, bend our ears and give it a listen. Um, this song I wrote when I was on the ferry coming home from Thanksgiving 2019, um, from Martha's Vineyard back to New York. And I think that I was feeling really repetitive in my life. Um, the court, the hook for the chorus is I've only ever had the same thoughts over and over again. Mm -hmm. 
just like repeating patterns and feeling frustrated and feeling stuck um but also feeling like I've got some problems but they're so cliche like nothing is really so bad I'm just complaining So with Dream Tina, you said you wanted to speak to the non-Dream Tinas of the world to make a record that, quote, makes people 
feel understood and at ease in your own words. And I think that's a really wonderful sentiment, mostly because I think it seems, it speaks to this optimism that's necessary in life and in particular in love. Um, I guess my question is, with all that said and done, and we talked about this a little bit more, a, a little bit previously, but do you feel like generally optimistic, like in terms of your outlook when it comes to romance in general, um, or is it like a little bit more of a nuanced approach at this point? Um, yeah, I would say that I'm an optimist. I mean, I'm also like delusional. I always think that I'm in love when I'm probably not, and I'm like always hoping for the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I want to make people feel the way that I do when I I I find art or listen to a movie or listen to a movie watch a movie or listen to a song um that I feel like oh my god like someone is finally expressing this feeling that I've had in my head that I didn't ever know how to put into words Mm -hmm. um yeah that and and just like bringing I don't know lightness to sad feelings because I feel like you have to just laugh about life Mm -hmm. i think it like in particular as it matters as it relates to matters of the heart in particular it's like so much of it i mean is it stephen Merritt who said it best that like you know calling something a love song is like almost a non-starter because it's like there's so many different dimensions to that right yeah yeah everything is a love song yeah more or less yeah but yeah but i feel like you know with the with what's on this record like you know you know there's like some more contention with like heavier components of like heartache in particular but it doesn't you know, it's it's there's never a point on this album where I feel like listeners will be down in the dumps. And I think that's there's something to be said about that. Yeah, there's definitely like songs that I love that are like so sad. And there there isn't much of that on this record. I mean, Deep Cut's probably the saddest one, but mm-hmm. it also has like sprinkles of humor in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's like always how I, I make myself feel better is like kind of like finding the humor and the light in sad situations. Mm-hmm. I, we were talking about it before recording how Deep Cut has my, my favorite uh, lyric on this yeah, record too. I love that. You love that lyric. <laughs> uh, which uh, I'll let listener, I'm going to keep that uh, between us and, and, <laughs> and off the record, but um, I'll just encourage listeners in general uh, to go listen to this record, which ties into my very last question. Uh, Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on this pod to talk about this fabulous record. Dream Tina is out now streaming everywhere. If you've listened to this episode so far, please go and check it out. It's really, really fantastic. My last question for you is a two-parter, which is just what's next for you? And what can you tell us about the last song you'll be performing, which is entitled Satisfied? Oh, Satisfied. Um, Satisfied is a true story about the time that I was dating this guy uh, for like a month and I I thought that we were in falling in love. I thought it was like so mutual. I was like sure that he was going to be my boyfriend. And then he broke up with me like really unexpectedly and I was crushed. I was so sad. I hadn't been that sad about a breakup in a really long time. Um, and I it was it was like the spring coming out of COVID. So um, it was the first show that we had played in like two years and I was really excited for him to come and see the band, but he broke up with me. <laughs> um, and then he, and then I got to the show, and he was there at the show, but he didn't know that he was coming to my show. He just thought it was like a loft party in Bushwick. He just thought he was like going to someone. <laughs> I feel bad for this boy now because I keep talking about him, but. I'm not going to say his name. I mean, it's a pretty... Also, like, he fucking deserves it. <laughs> it's a pretty fucking stupid thing to do, I will say. 
Oh, I didn't know you were playing. I was like, hi. He was like, oh, th- oh, this is the show that you invited me to. I was like, yeah, this is the show. <laughs> um, really, I just think, I mean, I just think it's a really funny story. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was just really like feeling myself when I wrote it. It's ridiculous. It's like so petty it, to tell to say that I think I hope you want to die every time I look beautiful online is like a ridiculous thing to say. Um, but yeah, I just I hope people see the humor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and what's on the horizon, you think? Um, I just want to start touring. And right now, um, we're just we're playing little shows around. I haven't booked a lot of stuff in New York. I'm trying to just play outside of New York as much as possible. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. At five. We were falling in love, so I invited you to see my show. And then you broke my heart, and I said, But I still think you should go. You didn't want to meet my friends and get too close to me. Something about self improvement and incompatibility, I said. The only time we've ever really disagreed. So you think you should be alone and I think you should be with me So I braved the lonesome road Put on a dress and watched the first band play I looked into the crowd And saw you dancing just ten feet away When I approached you said you didn't even know that I was playing here, you didn't read the poster How can you be so stupid, I don't understand I could've been your girl that night, you could've been my man I hope you're satisfied I hope you're doing fine I hope you wanna die every time I look beautiful online I hope you hear my name reverberate Like ringing bells stuck in your mind I hope you can escape you realize your mistake. I hope you're satisfied. Everybody went up to the roof and you asked me for a cigarette. Strange that you wanted one, cause it's a habit that you said you always wish I would forget. We spend most of the night in separate conversations I stay so aware of where I'm standing in relation To you and all your friends Can't wait for them to watch my band They'll ask you what the hell you do And making other plans I hope you're satisfied I hope you're doing fine I hope you wanna die every time I look beautiful online I hope you hear my name like ringing bells stuck in your mind I hope you can escape You realize your mistake I hope you're satisfied Wish I could say our set was flawless But you could hardly bear to watch it Everyone was crying in the room But I saw you looking at your phone And I forgot to move the cable You distracted me We played Cumbie's parking lot In the wrong key I hope you're satisfied I hope you're doing fine 
hope you wanna die every time I look beautiful all night I hope you hear my name reverberate Like ringing bells stuck in your mind I hope you can't escape You realize your mistake I hope you're satisfied I hope you're having fun I hope you feel you've won I hope the reason you're not calling me is cause it's so embarrassing You led me on and left me and I hope you can't forget me Hope you can't escape, you realize your mistake I hope you're satisfied I hope you're satisfied I hope you're satisfied Hey! Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and produced by my friend and the tallest man on earth, Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bilko. If you enjoyed Charlotte Rose Benjamin's performance, you can find all of her music at charlotterosebenjaminmusic.com. Be sure to also follow her on Instagram as well, at charlotterosebenjamin. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bops Radio Hour every other Tuesday on kpis.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and Godspeed.